Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is our Thanksgiving special here on Our American Stories. Author Stephen Rosiniak, one of our regular contributors, brings us one of his most memorable Thanksgiving stories. This piece is entitled, An Awfully Awkward Thanksgiving. Here's Stephen sharing his story. Don't be late, she said as we walked towards the kitchen door. Be on time. Home by one. Dinner is at two. Okay, okay, we got it, Mom, I answered for myself my dad, and for my brother Jimmy as we walked out the door. We had no intention of disappointing her, 
Mom was working hard to make our Thanksgiving Day dinner special for our family and for our guests, including this year, my new girlfriend, Karen. We would absolutely be home on time for Mom. Well, at least that was the plan. There was something warm and wonderful about my childhood Thanksgiving mornings. Things like the aroma of the bird that Mom had prepped and placed into the oven long before I was even out of bed already filling the house with the succulent scent of roasted turkey, and how she was busily attending to a myriad of other early morning preparations in advance of our family's feast. Me and my brothers, Paul and Jimmy, and our sister, Anne, were extra careful to stay out of Mom's way as we eagerly anticipated all of the food and goodies yet to come especially the pies and the sugar-coated peanut butter-filled dates. While we were hunkered down watching the annually televised Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, our dad would be tossing logs into the blaze that he'd lit earlier in the living room fireplace. But one year, as Mom was busy doing all of the usual things that she did early every Thanksgiving morning, Dad, Jimmy, and I left to go cut down some trees. Dad and I had partnered with a friend in a part-time tree cutting business. Working solely for one developer, our job was to clear just one or two building lots per month. Easy enough for weekend work. That is, until we received a call the night before Thanksgiving informing us that one particular lot needed to be cleared by Saturday morning. Now, Dad suggested that we get a jump on the job by working a few hours on Thanksgiving morning and then finishing up the next day. While I wasn't overly enthusiastic about the idea, Dad's plan had merit. Reluctantly, we agreed to forego any previously planned television parade viewing to go play in the woods. That, as it turned out, was our first mistake. The work itself was straightforward. Drop a tree, chip the brush, pile the logs, repeat. Keeping a watchful eye on the hour and satisfied that we could easily make it home by one, we decided to load our big old rack-bodied relic of a truck, the beast, as we called it, with as much of the wood that we had just cut down as time would allow. My brother Jimmy maneuvered the beast along the path stopping every so often for loading. And when the truck could hold no more, he continued up the path around the bend and out of sight, looking for a place to safely turn around. But as luck would have it, there wasn't one. So he came back, all the way back, to the just cleared lot in reverse. We decided that rather than backing the beast all the way out to the paved road, Jimmy would be better off to just jockey the truck back and forth a few times, a couple of small turns, just enough so he could turn the beast around and then we could all go home. This, however, turned out to be mistake number two. Our plan, while good in theory, failed miserably in execution because the moment the rear tires left the stability of the hard-packed path, they sank completely. We should have just left the truck right there, possibly returning after dinner, or better yet, the next day, because either would have been a better choice. Unfortunately, 
neither was what we chose. We decided to free the beast. Mistake number three. We emptied all of the just-loaded logs, attached tow chains to our sunken beast and to the other two trucks, and then, ever so slowly, we pulled our faithful friend out of its muddy confines to freedom. But there was little room for celebration. I happened to notice the hour. It was already after two, our final and most unforgivable mistake. We arrived home not long afterwards, and just as I feared, Mom was utterly annoyed with her mud-covered late-arriving weekend woodcutters. We quickly cleaned up for dinner, and it was finally served sometime after three, more than an hour late. Aside from saying grace, and the occasional request to pass one of the food-laden plates and platters around the table, it was an awfully awkward and quiet Thanksgiving dinner. In the end, I guess you could say that everything worked out because by the time the leftovers were brought back out for round two later that night, Mom had mostly forgiven us. Some years later, and as she was recalling that memorable holiday fiasco with Jimmy's fiancé, Pat, I was told that she did so with sort of a smile. By the way, that girl I invited to our infamous holiday family feast well, apparently the events of that day weren't enough to scare her off because these days, on Thanksgiving morning, Karen can be found attending to a myriad of early morning preparations in advance of our family's feast, while I'm tossing logs into the blaze that I'd lit earlier in our family room fireplace. And of course, I still eagerly anticipate all of the food and goodies yet to come especially the pies and the sugar-coated peanut butter-filled dates while hunkered down, still watching the annually televised Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And when it's time for dinner, you can be sure of this. I am not going to be late. And a great Thanksgiving story. Special thanks to Stephen Rosiniak. An awfully awkward Thanksgiving here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we return to our American stories, and all show long, we're celebrating Thanksgiving. Up next, a story from our regular contributor, Joy Neal Kidney, on an unforgettable Thanksgiving with Bosnian refugees. Take it away, Joy. Joy, how long do you cook a turkey? 11-year-old Janella called the evening before Thanksgiving several years ago. It depends on how much it weighs. 
Well, how do I weigh it? Check the bag it came in. It'll tell you, I told her. Is it thawed yet? Not yet, but I've got in water in the sink. Mom works tomorrow on the holiday, but we've just got to have a real Thanksgiving turkey dinner. What else are you having? You know, stuffing, gravy. What shall I have Dad get at the store? I listed onions, celery, and chicken broth. Oh, we need pumpkin pie, too. I'm going to eat some, even if no one else does. It's traditional. Why don't you just have your dad get one at the store? And get some Cool Whip, too. Oh, be sure to put the turkey in the refrigerator overnight to be safe. Janella had arrived in Iowa as a darling, dark-eyed two-year-old with her parents. Samir and Zlatka came to our church in Iowa with other Bosnian war refugees for English classes. Because of her parents' work schedules, I eventually became Janella's band and drama grandma, getting her to practices, concerts, and plays. That night I worried about Janella's turkey getting thawed in time and whether she'd even figure out how long to cook it. So Thanksgiving morning, my husband and I headed to their condo to check on things. The turkey had thawed nicely, and Janella had located the pop-up thermometer on it. We set to work making a timetable, when to put the turkey in the oven, the stuffing casserole, when to make gravy. She got busy chopping celery and onions, making cubes of some of her mother's chewy, homemade Bosnian bread. She suspiciously sniffed the spices. Joy, this smells like Thanksgiving. Can you and Guy stay for my first turkey, please, please? Samir and Guy were visiting in front of the TV. When Samir learned that our family dinner wouldn't be until the day after Thanksgiving, he said, come, come have American Thanksgiving with us. So we did. But we came home first. I rustled up ingredients for mashed potatoes, scalloped corn, and a salad. By the time we arrived with our contributions, their condo smelled wonderful, just like Thanksgiving. Zlatka was home from work, helping her daughter find a bowl for the gravy. When her feast was ready, Janella called everyone to the table. Two younger brothers had to tear themselves away from a video game. You made this, kidded her father? This is good. Yup, my very first turkey. What is this? He was skeptical about the scallop corn. Corn, crackers, and eggs. Oh, it's good. You teach Janella this, okay? For next year. Don't forget to save room for pumpkin pie, Janella reminded us. It's traditional. She was the only one in her fifth grade who had fixed her family's Thanksgiving meal. Since that first one, she has always roasted the turkey. Back in those days, she planned to go into some kind of medicine, maybe nursing. But her junior year in high school, she took a culinary class. She was hooked. Throughout her senior year, she took classes at the local community college and worked in a restaurant. She graduated from culinary classes and was hired full-time by her former employer and has been working steadily ever since. Soon this little chef fixed the whole Thanksgiving feast for her extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, 
even grandparents who have also immigrated here. Thanksgiving dinner has always been Janella's American specialty ever since fifth grade. A couple of years later, Thanksgiving dinner was at Janella's Aunt Georgia's. She's an Iowa girl who married Janella's Uncle Almir. In fact, Almir's parents, who were about my age, were visiting that year from Bosnia. So Aunt Georgia was in charge of turkey, potatoes, and a dessert. Since Janella loved fixing the turkey, she helped at Georgia's house. I invited her younger brother, Otis, to my place to help make pumpkin pie and other side dishes. He was born in Iowa when his parents had been here just over a year. They'd asked if I would accompany Zlatka through labor and delivery to help with English, so I did. He was the first birth I ever witnessed. After Otis started school, I sort of became his Cub Scouts grandma. We made cakes together for fundraisers, a ladybug, one that looked like a cheeseburger, and even a prize-winning alligator. We'd always decorated them in his condo, so this was the first time we'd cooked at my place. I had him crack four eggs into a large bowl and started to hand him a whisk to beat them. Then I remembered my son at that age, years ago, decided that an old-fashioned egg beater would be more fun for a 10-year-old boy. It was, especially when he was cranking away to flick off the dribbles, flipping egg all over the counter. Good thing our cleanup rag was at the ready. He measured the sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, and cloves, after sniffing each one, just like my son used to, Otis liked the cinnamon. Next came stirring while I opened cans of pumpkin and evaporated milk. He scraped the pumpkin into the eggs. I poured in the first can of milk, but he wanted to do the second one himself. When all was mixed, he ladled it into two pie shells while I explained what custard is. And the pumpkin pie is one kind of custard. I carried the filled pie shells on a cookie sheet to the stove. The oven wasn't quite hot enough, so I parked the pies and turned around to do some counter cleanup. There sat the bowl of the nicely combined sugar and spices. I laughed. Oh dear, we forgot the spices. Now what? I just stir it into the pies, Otis suggested. I ended up pouring the pumpkin mix back into a large bowl leaving the sloppy edge on both pie shells. While Otis stirred in the spiced sugar, I wiped off what I could from the edges of the dough with a paper towel. Ladling had been too slow, I guess. This time, Otis just hefted the big bowl and poured the filling into the pie shells. By then, the oven was ready. He carefully carried the cookie sheet with the pies to the stove, but he had me lift it into the hot oven. Our pies are going to look kind of ugly, I said. Uh, they'll taste good anyway. Those brown eyes twinkled. That was nice of him, especially since Bosnians hadn't gotten used to the taste of pumpkin pie. I knew he wouldn't eat any. One hour to bake, a couple of hours to cool. We still had scallop corn, stuffing, and green bean casserole to make. Otis crushed crackers for the corn. I like my corn plain, he admitted. Oh well, he'd at least enjoy Aunt George's mashed potatoes and gravy. I showed him the checklist 
of what all we were having for the feast, and which relative was bringing what food, such as his mother's Bosnian bread. Indeed, Otis didn't eat one single thing that he had helped make for the festivities, and his Bosnian grandmother couldn't quite make herself taste the turkey or the pumpkin pie. Georgia had roast beef in the slow cooker just in case, but his grandfather ate some of everything and went back for seconds. It was an interesting day with a mix of immigrants, Iowans, and descendants of Mayflower pilgrims sharing an American Thanksgiving. When I got home, I jotted potato chips on the next year's Thanksgiving list and added the bringer's name right next to it, Otis. And a special thanks to Monty for producing the piece and a special thanks also to Joy Neal Kidney, a beautiful story about immigration, about America, and about love here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash OAS. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we return to Our American Stories and our Thanksgiving special. Up next, a story from Steve Reed about an unforgettable experience with a turkey. Take it away, Steve. My name is Stephen Reed, and I live here in Carlisle, Iowa. And I would like to share a story about how I lost a Thanksgiving turkey. So just a little bit of a background. I am a chef, and I have worked as a chef for over 30 years now. And back in 2006, I saw a job listing for a family that was looking to hire a private chef. Lo and behold, I was offered the position and I was just elated. Pretty much almost immediately, I bonded with this family. And it was just a joy to show up to work every day. And in fact, the husband of the family, he gave me the name of Master Chef, which I had to laugh because I'm not a Master Chef at all. I mean, yes, I am a chef. Yes, I am an excellent cook, but um, but I am not a Master Chef, at least in the official in the official sense. So I had been working for this family for two and a half years, and. Thanksgiving was coming up, and they were trying to uh, figure out what they wanted to do for Thanksgiving dinner. This debate developed between the mother and the father of the family on what kind of turkey that they wanted to have. The husband, who had done all of the cooking before I was hired, really had this obsession with really large turkeys. But the mother of the house was really concerned about eating healthy, so she really preferred grass-fed organic turkey. In 10 days, this whole argument went on. And so, 
A week before Thanksgiving in 2008, the phone rings in the kitchen, and it was the husband, and he said, Master Chef, don't worry about going to the grocery store at all. We're going to have two smaller grass-fed organic turkeys show up at the house. They're going to be delivered to the front door. They're going to be all thought out, and they're going to be all ready for you. And I'm thinking, oh, that is just incredible. I went through the weekend, just really didn't think anything about it. And so I came back in to work that Monday and everything was going normal. And the phone rings. And it is the husband of the family. And he says, Master Chef, we've changed our minds. And I want you to just drop whatever you're doing and go to the store and I need you to find a turkey and make sure that it's around 20 pounds, please. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, just, are, are you kidding me? With it being the Monday before Thanksgiving, the parking lot was jam-packed full. There was one spot that I found, and it was in the very corner of the parking lot, just about as far away from the grocery store as you could possibly be. And going to the grocery store, sure thing, you know, it was busy, it was loaded with people. And not only did I need turkey, but I also needed some celery. So I walked into the store and immediately went over to the produce section, grabbed some celery, and proceeded to the back of the store to where they kept all of the turkeys. And wouldn't you know, way down in the bottom of this cooler, there's this huge turkey. And it was just like the heavens opened up and a chorus of angels were singing down upon me. It's like, yes, I have found a 22 pound turkey. And then I picked up the turkey. I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking towards the front of the store and I'm switching hands. And obviously there's lines at every cashier station. So I'm having to hold the turkey. Of course, by now, my arms are feel, feeling like they're gonna be pulled out from my shoulder. So I get to my truck and I was just so tired of carrying this turkey. And so for whatever reason, I just threw it in the back of my truck. Now, something that I need to tell you about my truck at this point, it didn't have a tailgate. So uh, anyway, I put the turkey into the, into the back of the truck with the celery. And for a moment I thought, well, maybe I should take the turkey and I should put it into the cab of my truck. But then I thought, nah, I don't think that'll be, it'll be okay. That thing weighs 23 pounds. That turkey isn't gonna go anywhere. So I make it home and go to grab the turkey and the celery and all I see is the celery. Oh, this horror, this, 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 this terrible feeling. 
just came over me is like, oh my gosh, I have lost the Thanksgiving turkey. But I had to go back and go find my turkey, wherever it might be. So I only had to drive maybe three-tenths of a mile. Yeah, so there was my turkey, and it was just sitting on the curb of the street. And when I pulled up, uh, there was this older gentleman. And I'll just, I'll never forget this gentleman because he was just standing on the curb, just looking down at my turkey. He wasn't touching it. He wasn't trying to pick it up or do anything like that. He was just standing there with his hands in his pockets looking at it. And as I say, I'll never forget him because he had on like these docker slacks. He had on this uh, really nice uh, tweed sports jacket and a derby hat. And I obviously, I, I've never met this man before, but I have to go pick up my turkey. And I go and I was like, excuse me, sir, but uh, this is my turkey. Uh, I accidentally lost it on the way home. <laughs> and this gentleman says, oh, I don't know anybody that's ever lost a turkey. And I just shook my head and said, well, until now, I don't know anyone that ever has either. And I put the turkey into the car seat that I had in my truck and drove home. So then I had maybe 45 minutes and I I was just finished up the meal for the family when they came home. Of course, in this time, I'm thinking about everything that that happened, that transpired, and I'm just laughing to myself. It's like, only you. Anyway, so the family comes in, you know, the kids come in, and then then the uh, father comes in, and obviously the first thing he says is, Master Chef, did you find me a turkey? And I go, oh, I have a turkey, and I have a story. He goes, oh, really? I didn't know whether I should tell them or not, but let's face it, it, it was a funny story. And they were just rolling. I mean, they could hardly eat their supper. They were laughing so hard. And a special thanks to Master Chef Steve Reed. How the Master Chef lost the Thanksgiving turkey. That story here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio, ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. And we return to Our American Stories and our Thanksgiving special. Often on Thanksgiving Day, at least towards the end of it, we may find ourselves a bit overstuffed. Lindsay Galland shares a story about a time she ate more than her fill when she was challenged to an eating contest. Hunger drove our college music ministry team down to the church basement after the morning service. After many weekends of traveling under our belt, we knew there was at least a 50% chance we would be served lasagna. We were greeted by a line of smiling, serving spoon-wielding ladies, and sure enough, there was lasagna. Not only lasagna, but mounds of steaming rice and spiced chicken, heaping bowls of garden salad, baskets of rolls, pounds of butter, and a variety of desserts set out on little white plates. Church hospitality at its finest. After grace, we were invited to the food. I was toward the front of the line, as usual. I had somewhat of a reputation for being a big eater. 
I was a slim thing, so no one expected it. But in the college cafeteria, when they called for seconds, I jumped up quicker than anyone. I was always hungry. Where do you put it all? My big guy friends asked. You must have two hollow legs. I only shrugged and smiled. Fast metabolism, I guess. I enjoyed the element of surprise. In high school, I had been dubbed the stomach after I was challenged by my youth group leader to pack down a 19-ounce burger at Red Robin's. I did it, fries and all, much to the astonishment of my friends. I had told this story to my music team, and I think they believed me. But my friend EJ, a stocky Filipino with an appetite of his own, wanted proof. That day in the church basement, he challenged me to an eating contest. The rules were simple. Match plate for plate. Keep eating until your opponent could eat no more. It was the perfect opportunity, as the foil trays of pasta seemed endless, and we didn't have to sing again until the evening service. EJ and I walked up to the counter and each grabbed a plate with lasagna and chicken. It was on. Plate number one. We sat opposite each other at the table, each of us oozing confidence. The whole music team was in on it by now, choosing sides. We laughed good-naturedly as we ate, egging each other on and telling stories of our past culinary conquests. The lasagna was gooey on the inside and crispy on the top. The chicken skin had the right crunch and the rice was perfectly seasoned. I ate quickly, which is part of the strategy. Little sips of water to keep things going smoothly, but not too much. This was going to be fun. Plate number two. An easy follow-up. I made sure to add some salad to the side and another roll to keep things balanced. Everything was delicious. As a kid, we weren't always sure of seconds around our table, and there was no such thing as an all-you-can-eat buffet in town. It was kind of nice to give in completely to my appetite, at no extra cost. I finished my second plate, as most people were just starting to get theirs, if they were going for seconds at all. Plate number three. On a normal Sunday, I would have stopped here. I could have been full after the first two plates, if I had wanted to be, but I knew I still had room. I sprang up for the third helping before EJ was finished his second plate. He was slowing down and I had to keep my momentum. The thrill of the challenge spurred me on. Aren't you getting full yet? EJ asked a little nervously. Nope, I grinned and shoveled in another layer of noodles. Plate number four. I was a full plate ahead of EJ by this point. As he plodded through plate three, I dug into my fourth. I was getting a little tired of lasagna and my stomach was definitely expanding into discomfort. I looked at his plate and the slowly receding food. Don't forget your salad, I said. Salad, he shot back. You've been eating salad too? It was a drastic oversight on his part. 
Oh, yes, I said. You'll have to catch up on that. He groaned. When plate number four was done, I took a deep breath. I was still a full serving ahead. Well, EJ, I think I'm getting full, I said, slowly leaning back in my chair. I guess it's time to start on the desserts. We both got up, him for his fourth plate of the main course, and me for my first dessert from the dessert table. I think we were both waddling just a little. There were quite a few options of church baking. Hmm, I may just have to try them all, I teased, choosing a square of spongy vanilla cake with sauce dripping over it. Back at our table, EJ slumped over his mountain of food and the extra big pile of salad. I can't believe a girl is getting ahead of me, he exclaimed, shaking his head. Nineteen ounces of beef, EJ, I reminded him calmly, holding up a forkful of cake, plus the fries. I took the opportunity to slow down a little myself. After all, he still had some catching up to do. I really wanted to try the pie, though, and ambled back to the dessert table. There's always room for pie, I declared as I sat back down, and a little coffee to go with it. EJ was visibly struggling. Finally, he finished the salad and went for his first dessert selection. After the pie, I was decidedly full, more than full, but I could see the finish line and I was ahead. I figured a light pudding dish would be the easiest third choice to slide down. He moved on to dessert number two. How's your cake? I asked, licking the last of the pudding from my spoon. He could only groan. I felt like groaning too. I wasn't sure I was actually going to be able to get up and walk after this. But I could taste the victory. One more lap to the dessert table. I could do this. When I sat back down with the chocolate cake, EJ was whimpering over his pudding. He managed to look up, and I saw dread in his eyes. I held the cake up like a trophy. Dessert number four, I announced. EJ threw down his fork and wailed, I can't do it! I give up! My friends cheered. I finished the chocolate cake just to seal my supremacy. To everyone's surprise, the little girl with the big stomach won the eating contest. I never let on how sick I felt all afternoon. It was a matter of pride. I did sneak away to a corner of the church where I could lay flat for a while, hoping the weight of the consumed food would spread itself out a little more evenly. My famous stomach had found its limit. Almost 20 years later, I'm still known for loving my food, though I haven't accepted any more ridiculous challenges. I still eat more than my husband most days. My metabolism has noticeably slowed down, but there are days my appetite still surprises me. It's funny how a nickname given in one day can stick with you for life. My sisters still call me The Stomach. My friends automatically give me the biggest slice of cake at a party. How can you not be full, they ask. 
If only they knew. There is a hunger inside me that has never quite gone away. It's not the kind of growl that can be silenced with a plate of lasagna. There are days I still feel like a four-year-old who missed her afternoon snack and is melting down while supper cooks. I thought I would have grown out of this by now. After all, I have everything I need to be content. Yet, there's a deep calling desire for something more. There is a satisfaction I seek that comes after that last lick of the dessert spoon. It's a homesick kind of hunger. Maybe this bottomless pit is actually a gift that keeps whispering, there's a feast yet to come. I can't wait to be first in line. And a special thanks to Lindsay Gallant. Poor EJ, he never had a chance. And that you ate that last piece of cake anyway, just to rub it in? Boy, you're a competitor. Lindsay, the stomach Gallant story here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth no matter who you are. Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 